What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Sunday Leagues Investors channel. My name is Brian, and today we have a special episode. You guys probably know him, but you don't know Vince from Soccer Card Rocks. He's an amazing guy. Um, he does a lot of great things in the hobby. He basically interviews anybody that has any clout in the hobby. So check out his podcast there. He also has a newsletter that he writes on a weekly basis, and it's pretty good. It actually talks about some players um, that he's looking at, talks about how to use advanced statistics when judging players. And yeah, we talk about basically a lot of different things. Like we talked about the immaculate release that actually happened right when we jumped on the call. So it was a lot of hot takes on there. And also we actually recounted back. We actually did a a special episode on different prospects that we were watching in the beginning of the season. And we definitely, what we did was we actually went back and checked back with all these prospects, see how they're doing. Some of them did really well. Some of them are still chilling. Um, but the biggest thing, the biggest lesson from this podcast is basically patience. You know, a lot of these players are like 18, 19 years old. So it's a lot of patience involved when it comes to prospecting. So I hope you guys enjoyed this this episode. And yeah, let me know. Okay, so let's start with, uh, we just got a notification, or at least I got a notification. I just sent you to you, Vince, the mm. Panini Immaculate Checklist. That's it's first. I was really excited, but I wasn't really excited about the price. I know it's like pre orders on blowout, it's like two thousand dollars, but now I'm starting to look through the checklist. Um, it's a 200, 200 card checklist, and like, man, there's some crazy players on there. Um, did you get to take a look at it, Vince, or like you see, yeah, players I'm like just you? um, I'm just sort of scrolling through it right now, and obviously, you scroll, you know to the bottom like when you're on cardboard connection you sort of scroll to the bottom where all of the yeah the insert stuff are and then sort of work your way back up but yeah i'm looking through it at the moment and there's some um there's some pretty cool stuff like it's always it's so interesting when uh especially when you see like a pretty hefty price tag on them for the the pre-orders and you're like oh man um i'm glad the checklist is out now um and we can we can have a bit of a look at it and have a bit of a talk are there any anything that's taking your I instantly. I know it's all pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. fresh. I actually do. Um, there, there, there's like a few dual autos of like Thierry Henry, Javi Hernandez, uh, Burkamp, Van Basten, Ali Krieger, Carly Lloyd. I mean, these mm. are some all-time players, man. Like they don't—they don't just have men's; they have women's national team too. Yeah. Um, right now, I have Bob text me, "Are we pre-ordering this?" <laughs> this is pretty wild right now. Um, they have Diego Maradona in there, number twenty-five. This is crazy. Um, and they have Giovanni Reina. That's pretty yeah. wild. And I know for me, I'm a huge David Beckham fan. That you know, this is gonna be a first one of the first ones, uh, first David Beckham um, Panini auto cards. So that's. Mm. insanely exciting so that wow i'm just this is pretty wild right now man i'm i'm definitely yeah, in shock <laughs> there's some really cool triple autos like that burkham van percy Henri is oh they awesome. have one of those oh that's sick yeah okay. so there's All triple right. autos as well so there's there's a perlo Cannavaro, and buffon which i like that's awesome um what is there there's a Christian Vieri, Filippo Inzaghi, Francesco Totti. I like that as well. Okay. Um, Robin, Makaleli, and Balak. That's awesome. Uh, Cannavaro, Figo, Van Nisselroy. 
that's cool. Oh yeah. man. There's yeah, a lot. There's a lot. Oh, okay. See, the, I see the trip. Okay, so you went way down there. For I started the base yeah, I, checklist. I started, no, I, started <laughs> you, the, I started the bottom and worked my way up. Hey, they have a rookie's autograph set list. Uh, Donnie Vanabeek. Vanabeek. <laughs> hey, rookie. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> excellent. And I'm going to be doing the second grade at school next year. Yeah. Hey, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, they have Dwight McNeil. I know that's one of your guys. So that's um, yep. that's good. Um, and well, it's actually one of Bob's guys too. Bob loves Dwight McNeil and Vaughn Basaka. There's a lot of different guys. Yeah, guys, I, I think you guys could check out Cardboard check uh, cardboard Connection if you want to check out the checklist. I'm just really stunned. Like, this is a huge checklist. Like, it's just complete different vibes when it comes to, like, t- when you're comparing Tops versus Panini, you know? Like, mm. when you're looking at Tops Chrome, um, it, it's just it's just a 100-base checklist, and, you know, there's some inserts, but, like, when it comes to Panini, they just go all out. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, but... There is there is a lot going on. Like, we'll obviously look at this later on. Like, we're literally looking at this for the first time as we're talking, and I'm sure we're going to look at this later in the day and be like, oh, man, I can't believe I didn't talk about that card. That's awesome. I know they have um, Gareth Bale. They have Gareth Bale, which I, I still don't understand, but they do. Yep. That, they're... <laughs> yep. There's heaps. There's also, what is there? There's, yeah, because obviously there's some players that have left the clubs already like that. Like there's an, I was looking for Australian players, so no one will actually give you a fuck. <laughs> no one will give a fuck about this, but there's an Aaron Moy Brighton card and he doesn't play for Brighton anymore. But um, he, he's Australian? He is Australian. Hey, um, there hey, we go. There he is. There he is. Oh, I got you one. There's Josie Altador too. <laughs> That's super random. <laughs> Wait, what? They have a Mbappe in there? Oh, the patch is a patch. Okay, because I was gonna say Mbappe. If, if there's an Mbappe uh, um, autograph, that alone that's is huge. worth that's huge. Two thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, there's no. Nah, there's just there's laundry tags. Check like there's a laundry tags one. There's a in the game patches. Now nah, there's no auto for him, but I think okay, that'll okay. be. Um, I don't know when the because he hasn't done it. He hasn't done auto yet, has he? I think when no, I haven't seen it. I haven't. I think um, he probably has one, but like I know from what I've heard from different breakers is that he charges a lot for autos. So like, just pro tip: when the first time he actually has like an auto in like a set or something like that, is an automatic buy. And I think like I was actually reading an article about this just someone i can't oh man i can't remember who i apologize mate whoever um sent this to me because i've completely <laughs> forgotten the message i'm so sorry um but if i if i find that i'll let you i'll email it to you and you can put it in the show notes but he was saying that he thinks the first mbappe um auto will probably be in the next world cup set um, like as the, as the key card and i was like i could totally see that oh, happening. oh my god that um, would blow up prices oh yeah my i can totally see that being like the chase card for the whole the whole thing yeah i'm very um, impressed i'm very i'm actually pretty pretty excited about this um checklist to be honest yeah it's cool it's cool there's some um i love how they get all the older players in as well like they're not you know they're not the they're not flippable cards by any stretch, but they're just so cool. Um, and these high-end cards, there's always there's always a market for these high-end cards, especially when you're looking at at the top players. Yeah, I agree, man. Because you know, if you look into like high-end cards for like different sports, it's really interesting how low like a Lionel Messi auto patch auto or like a Cristiano Ronaldo auto like goes for compared to like like I'm talking about a Luka Doncic RPA. 
You know, I mean, mm. th- I think the reason why is because it's RPA is a rookie card, but still, like a patch auto for one of the greatest to be a, to ever play. You know, um, yeah, it's just it's just interesting to me. But anyways, that that's it for Panini Immaculate. I mean, do you have anything else you want to add, uh, Vince? Um, I'm just looking through these auto packs again. See if there's anything I like. Um, <laughs> oh man, um, nothing that's really jumping out. What I do want to say is. Just the fact that there's never going to be a proper like triple auto for Messi, Suarez, Neymar is such a fucking shame. Oh, no, um, don't. <laughs> yes. Like that yes. would have been like my ideal card. I've got a couple of like their, is it from like one of the adrenaline sets? It's like their little attacking trio cards. And I'm oh, like, really? yeah. just like, oh, what if that would have been the best? Like that would have been like just a peak. Yeah. Peak MSN. Auto. MSN. Yeah, that would so be, be good. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's all for me. I've got nothing else to add in Yo. regards to, I'm sure we're missing a lot of cool shit, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's quick, scrolling quick. Through, take, scrolling yeah. through it for the first time. Yeah. And um, what are your thoughts on the, before we move on, on the, because there's sticker autos on these cards. What are your thoughts? Me? um, You know, I, I, I don't like them. I'm not in love with them. But then again, it is still an auto, so there is some some sort of value. But man, like when you look at, like I said, when you look at other sports, they they have Panini is Panini Immaculate is supposed to be high end where it's on card, um, and I wish they could bring that back. Obviously, with the pandemic and everything, that's not really possible. But I'm really dying for them to bring like the Eminence set back, where like you know you have like the gold the gold on card autos. Those are sick to me. So that. Mm. But I think it's interesting. I have to look more into the checklist to see if it's really worth the price, uh, pre-sale prices right now. Because like two thousand dollars, that's that's a hefty, that's a hefty amount. You know, you don't want to be pulling out like a Christian Pulisic, you know, player worn patch. You know, mm, and that's your yes. hit. Like, I mean, I'll be happy about it, but I don't think a lot of people would be happy. Yeah, I was looking at um like on the set list here, on the checklist here, that was like the autograph to patch autograph booklets. And there's one, two, three, there's five, well, there's, oh man, okay, there's more than five. There's only seven, no, there's five of them listed. Um, there's like Ronaldo, Messi, Pulisic, which is, you know, if you get one of those, you're okay. Then like Sean Wright Phillips, which I'm a Man City fan. I'd still, I'd still fucking dig that. But there's also <laughs> like a Miguel Almiron one from Newcastle. And I'm like, man, imagine if that's like, that's your big hit. You're like, it's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of money for Almiron. Yeah, actually, now I'm starting to look at it. I don't think this they have Reina autos. Actually, that's just a base set checklist. So, you know, I think they might have, they almost fooled me. I think Panini almost hey. fooled me. Oh, okay. They got right. yeah. yeah. Hey, they have. I see, oh, you, oh, you're talking about Matthew Ryan, right? Were you talking about Matthew Ryan at Brighton? No, or? I was talking about um, Aaron Moy. Matty okay. Ryan's on his way out too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't forget he about was, him. I can't forget he about was, him. The last, the Matty Ryan, the last Australian in the Premier League, and he's on his way out. I, I, this we can easily turn this into a two-hour podcast, where I just get frustrated at Australian soccer, but we won't, we won't bore people with that. Yeah, yeah, it's really funny. Like right now, um, Bob is making fun of uh, Donny Donny Van de Beek as like the only rookie autograph set checklist <laughs> on the list. <laughs> Anyways, um, but let's get let's get to the meat and potatoes. I think you know the New Year's is here uh, right now. It's December thirtieth, but this probably will um, launch on New Year's Day or after New Year's Day. And you know, we, we it's been amazing to see kind of like your channel grow. Uh, Vince and you know one of the first things that we talked about is and you're basically known for the guy to talk about prospects and advanced statistics and I completely like am always amazed 
always amazed when it comes to like your uh your newsletter and everything like that quick plug for you um, oh thank you and, and the thing is though we had a prospect um overview when we first had a collab together and I thought it would be really funny to go back and just look back on some of our prospects that we mentioned and see mm. what, how, what are they doing? You know, what have they been up to? Cause I, I know there's some things we're right about and there's some things we're like, we gotta be a little bit more patient. <laughs> yeah. Yep. hundred yeah. percent. So I, I think, you know, I think the one that we talked about are the obvious. We had like, if you guys don't know the the episode we're talking about, just go through like our links. Um, we, we have like a prospect uh, podcast where we just talk about some of the most promising prospects that you should be looking at when it comes to card, uh, soccer card hobby. Um, but yeah, so let's let's talk about the t- obvious two that we had on there was Erling Holland and Kylian Mbappe. Um, you know, Erling Holland is, has been, cemented himself as one of the hottest prospects probably up there is with Mbappe I mean I think Mbappe is still number one what do you think uh Vince yeah for me he's still number one but there are definitely people that would say the opposite and like to be honest there's no real wrong answer yeah if you're tossing up between the two like there's no there's no real wrong answer I I like Mbappe more still but you know it's it's splitting hairs there there are there are clear top two for me at yeah. this stage yeah 100 and you know what's really funny our third the third one um, we put obvious too. I don't know who put this in the Google Doc. Basically, we put Janet, Janet Sancho right after Mbappe. Um, yep. Wow. I mean, yep, I think that. he's still special. I think I still think so. But I think we, you know, I, I'll tell you what. I look back to his, uh, his statistics, and he was overly performing in his advanced mm. statistics. His xgs. I mean, he was at nine xg, and he scored seventeen goals. Yeah. Uh, exactly. The, you know, and now that, that's a flag. That's a red flag. Um, you know, I don't think he's a bad player. I think I was reading actually. I was listening to a podcast um, with um, one of the transfer mark guys. He's actually a really uh, renowned, uh, um, I say, uh, media pundit um, for the Bundesliga, and he was telling telling the uh, the host how. Jaden Sancho used to be flown from Germany to like England whenever he's like feeling down. Like Borussia Dortmund would actually send a jet, a private jet, to just for him to hang out with his friends, and he yeah, hasn't been right. able to do that. Um, so that has been taking a toll. But like I've been watching Borussia Dortmund, he still looks pretty good. I mean, he plays in a different position now, but then again, you know, their manager just got sacked. So there's a lot of questions, um, Vince. Well, how do you feel about Jaden Sancho right now? <laughs> yeah, this is like, and this is going to relate to another player that we um, we're going to talk about later on. Um, so he was well overperforming his XG and what you would expect um, from his out his scoring output. So this was one of those situations where now he's on, you know, six goals from basically six point three two. So basically six goals from six expected goals. So he's he's not having a bad season by any stretch. He's just sort of reverted back to the mean. Yep. Um, and I think everybody was, is a mix between overperforming um, over, you know, what is a relatively small sample size and the, the link to man United, uh, which was obviously bumping up his price too. Um, and that was a pretty overdrawn and slow process that didn't lead to anything. So terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now he's basically performing, at a, a reasonable level and still a good level. Like I, he's still, I still think he's a, he's a good young player. I wouldn't be hopping off him straight away. Um, but if you're expecting someone to, well, the very best players in the world. So like we're talking like your Messi's and Lewandowski's and like Ronaldo's the best, the best scorers in the world 
are scoring at like 20 to 25% over their XG. Yep. Um, and that's over a long period of time. So for Sancho to be going at basically double, so like 100% or over 100%, you've, you've, you've got to ask yourself, like, is he is he going to revert back to the mean or is he like breaking every statistical model that we have for how, like how well you can overperform and, you know, he's good, but he's not like five times better than Messi good. So he's probably going to revert back to the mean and that's what's happened. So um, I can't remember what we were saying about him at the start, um, but I'm, <laughs> we were <laughs> so very high is, on him. I, yeah, I remember I was, I'm, st- I'm still very high on him yeah, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's really interesting to talk about those things because, you know, it's really funny. Messi's the one that actually breaks the whole entire statistical model. I was like looking at stuff. It's just like, wow, he just breaks everything. Um, even Cristiano actually kind of falls into the mean, like, okay. you know, you look at his XG, you're like, okay, that actually makes sense. Messi is just like, how does he perform like that day in, day out? Um, and that's what you got to ask yourself. I think that's a really good, good, um, good questions. Like, you know, do you think Jaden Sancho at this performing, how he's performing, can he keep this up at a messy standard, um, for years to come, you know? And I'm probably, the mm. answer is probably no. You have to be super lucky. First of all, like to be that fit, like when you look at Rush, uh, Ronaldo and Messi, you have to be like, you know, they're, they're, they've been fit for like literally years on that, like decade, you know? So, mm. And it's, it's one of those, like Messi's that good that when I'm putting some little statistical models together, if Messi isn't like at the top, especially if I'm looking at seasons (laughs) like before this one, if Messi isn't at the top, you've all like, or towards the top, you've almost got to like, well, well, this is wrong. Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If the best player isn't at the top, there's something, there's something fundamentally wrong here. I've got to go back and ask some questions depending on what I'm looking for, obviously. Um, But yeah, it's, it's one of those things that it was likely that he was going to revert back to the mean and start performing at a, you know, a level he's expected to. And that's exactly what's happened. Um, so yeah, in, in hindsight, no surprises. Um, he's obviously hasn't had the season that we all wanted him to. Like the thing is when someone performs that well at such a young age, it's, it's a balance because you know that they're probably going to revert back to the mean a little bit, but you also expect them to improve because they're a young player. So yep. it's finding that balance between the two, um, which can be really tricky. Yeah, really tricky. That, it, it really is. And, you know, that that's going to bring up to the next player we're going to talk about, you know, Mason Greenwood. Um, yep. The difference I feel like with Mason Greenwood and, and Janus Sancho was that Janus Sancho, you started seeing like kind of like, kind of like a positive trajectory. He was like at like 12 goals, um, but still overperforming outrageously outperforming his xgs and then you know he had his 17 goals and you're like wow this is it the third year this is where he's gonna put himself really announce himself to the world um and you know it didn't happen right um and i think mm. that's that's typical i think that's typical for a 20 year old you know <laughs> if you really think about it he's like yeah. 21 22 it's like dang, dang, that's crazy but like with mason greenwood though i think we're you know back in our podcast we're talking about how, you know, he was a very promising, he still is, he's still a very promising prospect. He scored 10 goals, one assist. However, his expected goals were 3.6 compared to his actual goals, which is 10, mm. which means he's yep. like tripling. Um, yeah, it's like 300% over, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we were talking about that. I remember we were having conversations saying at the time, and he was one of the hottest prospects at the time we were talking about this because I remember Panini Chronicles uh, were, were was out and people were chasing his cards. Mm. And we were talking about how 
we I we have a feeling, especially you, you Vince, you were really gung ho on like guys. I don't think you guys should be expecting him to be scoring that many goals on that type of um, efficiency. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of what's happened this year. Um, he's one of those things that he has a lot going in his favor. Like I, I wrote an article a couple of weeks or last week or the week before about some reasons why you know some particular players outperform expected goals and there's obviously like a di- like a bunch of different ways that people calculate expected goals so some will be different numbers than others but you know whatever um one thing that really is in greenwood's favor is he's a two-footed finisher yes um which which does give him a little bit of a boost not a 300% boost but when you think about it if you're shooting from you know the right side of the box not a great you know you're depend like doesn't matter what the xg says that xg counts for roughly half the people in that position are going to be on their opposite, you know, on their left yeah. foot um, and not being able to finish properly. So if you're a two-footed finisher like Greenwood is and like really confident two-footed finisher, same as Son this year, he's he's very confident finishing with both feet, which kind of gives him a bit of a boost. But um, yeah, he, that's, that's obviously in his favor and he's still a hot prospect, but he's one that, you know, was going so far above what we expected like you know through through xg through expected goals also off a much smaller sample size too like it's not like he played a full season um yeah there was a, a couple of red flags is a bit of a stretch of a term because i still it's not like i think he's a bad player by any means i still think he's great right um but just not as good as the hype was i don't think um i definitely think players can be overhyped but still be good and he was definitely in that category Right. Yeah, I mean, he only played 1,300 minutes, um, which yeah. is not really very much in, in the season. So, like, just having that type of efficiency, it, it does definitely point out he is special, though, you know, um, but not as special as people were thinking he was going to be this coming season, you know. I think pumping the brakes, and I think that's a good lesson for people when they're trying to prospect, when people – Sometimes we have that FOMO where we're like, man, we have to get mm. that player before he blows up. Like, there's always going to be an up and down peaks and valley when it comes to prospecting. Uh, and you're, you saw that with Mbappe. You know, Mbappe is still the one is still the hottest prospect out there, and yet his prices are still going down. You know, so I think that's really interesting to talk about. Um, let's talk and, about. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, so I was going to say that was also a thing with. Um, like there was no, there was no guarantee that he was going to hold his position in the team. Either. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially when he, when they were looking for, you know, at the time we, we, we mentioned it earlier, like at the time we recorded that first pod, they were chasing Sancho. Yep. Um, exactly. who was going to be a hundred percent taking Greenwood's position there mm-hmm. on the right. And obviously they've had every position that every formation under the sun, um, this, this year. So it's a little bit different, but looking at it from last year, it was like, or last season, it's like, man, there's no guarantee that he's even going to have his position in the team, let alone, um, you know, being able to contribute when he is. And that's exactly what's happened. Like he's, he's lost that starting spot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, you know, and it, it's just being consistent at such a young age is tough. And especially you're talking about the EPL um, mm. of all leagues to be that consistent constantly. And like, you know, you see Man United, all the scrutiny they get, every single year in year out it's tough on the kid but yeah anyways um but it's it's, it's interesting to talk about with with um greenwood um but let's talk about another player though uh this is a player that i'm extremely high about and i know you 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 um are very high about as well uh, let's talk about kai havertz um during the time kai havertz just moved to chelsea 
And in my Google Docs, I literally put will be a stud. Um, but then also we did talk about how, I remember me and Bob were talking about how at the time, you know, if he does not break through the team, do not be surprised as well. Mm, yeah. And um, and when I was looking at stats, right, I'm looking at stats right now, you know, you look at like at Bayer Leverkusen. First off, he, he plays in a different position from Bayer Leverkusen compared to what he's playing at, at Chelsea. Um, but he, he had a 17 goal. You, you made the bench. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, he had a 17 goal season with three assists in 2018 as a 19-year-old in Bundesliga. And then 20 years old, at 20 years old, what, what I found really interesting about him is that he actually started becoming a little bit more well-rounded player where he had like six assists. You know, he doubled his assists rating, but he only had 12 goals. Um, I still think he's a future generational ta- He's still a generational talent. I think he still has a shot at becoming one of the best players to ever, you know, not to ever play, but like in his, like in his, I think he's gonna be great, man. I yeah. I really don't think it's, I think Kai Havertz is still there. Uh, what do you think, Vince? Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's the type of thing where, he obviously had a lot of hype um, moving and for good, for good reason. Like he churned it over a couple of years and, you know, was a part of the German national team and was, you know, a very, very good player. Um, Chelsea is not a great fit for him just because they have too many pieces um, trying to fit. It seems like clubs either they have an idea of how they're going to play and they buy players to suit that so Liverpool do that really well they have a way that they want to play and they buy players to suit that yeah or you have clubs that just sort of buy players because they think they're good and then try and get the manager to work out how it's all going to fit Um, and I think Chelsea are doing the second they just sort of brought in a bunch of pieces when they already had pieces like they already had enough pieces to do pretty well um and they brought in just a bunch of, you know, attacking-ish players. Um, and now there's just too many, there's too many spots. Um, you know, they had a good little run of form and they beat up some pretty, you know, they beat up average teams for six weeks and then everybody was all over them. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. And then the, you know, it's, I think the, the carriage has turned back into a pumpkin a little bit. Um, they're like, I, I, th- I still think he's very good. I think he's, he should be starting for them. Um, it's not his fault that he's in a situation that doesn't really suit for him. Granted, like, you know, you can always say that he should be able to work himself into the team and if he's that good and he should be able to, but man, they've got so many pieces there that you just can't even like, it's, it, there's just too much going on. Like there's no best 11 and having depth is fine. You know, when you're saying like, you need a deep squad because you're going to have champions league and you're going to have like games in a rush and there's going to be games for COVID and this, that, and the other, and you want a deep squad and injuries and whatever. And that's right. But when you've got everyone fit, fucking then what? Like <laughs> then you've got to, then you've got to need a best 11. And I don't think they know what their best 11 is. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, we, you, you're playing Kai Havertz as a central midfielder. Like, what the yeah. hell? Like, what? Like, we all know he's not, you know? Um, he plays his best. I mean, just look at what he's played his best at Bayer Leverkusen. Like, that's, I, I don't know. I don't understand it. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you just got to give some time. I mean, EPL is one of the toughest leagues to, you know, transition. I mean, Timo Werner, on the other hand, that dude is not high on confidence as well. I mean, we didn't really mention him in our podcast. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's just really crazy. Uh, but another player I, I guess we'll talk about is um, a player that you've been, you know, I know you've been talking about him for a, a while. And 
in the beginning a lot. Um, Dwight McNeil, you know, I know Bob yeah. is really, Dwight McNeil uh, is really interesting. Bob was really high on him as well. Uh, one thing that we did note was that he does play for Burnley. Um, mm. And Burnley is somebody, it's not a team that, you know, it's definitely, you really got to love Burnley to watch Burnley. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? A hundred percent. But I haven't really kept up too much about Dwight McNeil. Um, Vince, have you been looking over him or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I have. He's he's one of those guys. Burnley started off the season um, in pretty pretty horrendous form. Um, they started; they were losing everything at the start. They were just not looking good, and they they're such a settled team. They've been basically kept most of the same squad for so long. Yeah, and they, I can't remember which one of their if it was um, like James Tarkovsky or Ben Mee. I can't remember which one was out at the start of the year. Maybe both of them were out. At, at different points. Um, but when that central defensive pairing isn't really there, the whole team just kind of like, um, I don't know, it just, it just isn't as good. Like they're so solid and they just, they're so good together um, that it really sets a base for everything else. Um, this year, he definitely hasn't taken the steps that uh, I was hoping he would. It's, it's still relatively early. He has been playing, I would say, uh, I'd say he's been playing. He's he's been improving as the season has started. Burnley aren't exactly like banging in the goals anytime soon, um, which you know is fair enough. Like they're they're yeah. one of those play. They're one of those teams that play a very direct style, and when they're on, they're on. Um, I still think he's got he's got a long way to go. Um, he's still he's still very raw when you watch him. Like he's he's got talent, but I think we were saying that last time as well. Like he is yeah. quite. He's quite raw when he plays, and it's one of those things that, um, like, I really, I really feel like he's got potential, and he's could be one of those guys who, you know, especially in a, a a market where a lot of guys are getting priced out, you know, he might be that English player that somebody else might want to take a punt on rather than spending, you know, triple the price on someone from another league. Yeah, yeah, and, and I remember Bob was telling me how he was really. I remember he his his sis like his crosses were pretty insane. Yes, um, yes, that's one thing I did remember about him. I don't. I'll be honest with you guys. I don't remember very much about the White McNeil. I haven't really been pick, keeping track. Um, but but you know it is on <laughs> it is on the list. Uh, another player that was really interesting is somebody that everybody talks about, and we always keep talking about this could be his year. Um, once again, is Phil Foden. <laughs> uh, yep, Phil, yep. Phil Foden is very, I think it's just super polarizing. I, I'm looking at through all the minutes he's played. The most minute he's, he's ever played has been 900 minutes, uh, which mm. is a very small sample size. And even in like in his small sample size though, which is, I mean, the league play, I'm looking at his domestic league. Um, he had five goals and two assists in 2019, 2020. I mean, we really thought this was going to be a year where he was going to take everything from, you know, from from the th- through the throat and just like just go at it, but you know I think he's still he's still twenty years old, right? Um, breaking through Man City is such a hard like I mean it's such a hard team to be breaking through on, um, and you know I know you watch uh, Man City more than I do, uh, Vince, because I know that's that's your team. You know what mm. have you have, what's your thoughts on on Phil Foden right now? You know do you do you still see a really bright future for him, or do you think that? he might be overhyped. No, I still think there's definitely a future there for him. Um, it's it's one of those things that he was kind of linked into be 
he was kind of touted as David Silver's replacement. That doesn't make um, sense either. That doesn't make sense. No, no you know, it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like he's no, not. he's not. They're different. They're different players, and I think they just see the central midfielder next to him. And, I, and from a distance, I can see why people would come to that conclusion. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a very empty, yeah. empty um, uh, observation, I believe. Like it's just yeah, like, oh, that makes like sense, the, you know. But you look down the yeah, hood, yeah. like they play completely different. Exactly. And there's a player coming out and he's a central midfielder. This is a player coming in who's a central midfielder. Yeah, that should, that should, that should work. Like we can, we can replace that. Yeah, um, yeah. It doesn't, it just isn't really, it just isn't really that case. Like David Silver is just so much better at even like just getting the ball in the box. Like he's, what I do like about Foden though is he's, his link up passing is quite good. And he's definitely been, it's been a rough I would say it's been a rough season for City in general. But what I <laughs> that's true. Bob could attest to that. I hate Bob. What could. I do like about him, and the game that sticks out to me was there was a game against I, th- I want to say it was West Ham, and City were just fucking dog shit. They were terrible. <laughs> they were like, oh, they just couldn't create anything. And Foden came on and just just gets shit done. Just, He's very it's, direct. I like that. Yeah. Like loves a dribble, love like I would say like he's loves a dribble, loves a shot, likes to get involved with the link up play as well. Um, is still an incredible player. I think like when he plays central mid, he does attempt to dribble more than sort of other positions, just sort of running at people. Yeah, um, which I think is good too. Like his his defending quality is quite he's quite good. Like he doesn't do it a lot. I wouldn't say like he does. He isn't asked to defend it probably as much as you would like, but when he does it, he seems to be quite good at it and positionally can be okay as well. Like I, I still, I still think he's incredibly good. Like it's, it's one of those, th- and it's also one of those things that when you've got a team and I was actually talking about this um, on another pod, I just recorded not long ago, when you've got a team that's a little bit behind the eight ball, um, I'll, I'll, I'll actually, I'll back it up a little bit more. I think a really underrated stat for, young for prospects at big clubs is literally just how many minutes they play. Yes. Um, yeah. That's because true. Because if you're, if you're Man City, especially this year, after you've had a, you've had a bad start, you know, City can afford the best players at their peak when they're ready to rock and roll. So if you're 17 or 18 or 20 and you're starting over those guys, you're there for a reason. Like they don't have the time and they don't have the matches to push you through and, you know, oh, well, if you fuck up this time, that's fine. We'll let you roll with it. Um, they don't have that room to grow because you're, you know, every game is just do or die. Um, so you don't have that development time. So I think the fact that, so, yeah, I think I think minutes, especially for the, the very top teams, is such an underrated stat. Um, but I, I think because City started off, pretty poor it's every game is such a must win for them even in the league now um and it's such an up and down league it's so hard to predict at the moment so it's such an up and down league they need to start stringing some more wins together you know you don't really have that luxury of you know rolling with Foden and hoping that you know he can make a couple of mistakes and it'll be fine um I still think he's got a lot of quality though and I still think he's I still think he's incredibly good um, and has a great future ahead of him. There's nothing been, there's nothing this season that's really um, changed my view on that either way, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I think a lot of dependence on um, KDB has been been getting a little exposed. I I, I don't know. It just seems like uh, City, I'm just not having a, a, a finisher, a striker, really has hurt. Um, man, it, I really wish uh, Gabriel Jesus and or, or even Aguero, you know, to just be yeah. fit, you know, that would help uh, tenfolds. Just tenfold. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But yeah, so let, let's talk about another city player, uh, Fernando Torres. I know we were talking about him. I mean, it, it breaks my heart to see him. He's doing very well. Uh, but, well, <laughs> at least against expectations. You know, like, if you look at all those expectations, like that, and this is basically what this podcast is about. You know, you look at expectations. Do they match it? Do they not? You know, like he, even though he's only scored two goals in league play, he's been very, very good in like um, Europe. Like I, I think it when you're looking at like um, domestic cups and everything like that, he, he has been really, really good for Man City. I think he had in the English, well, I, I don't know, the EFL Cup? I don't know what's that. Yep. Anyways, the EFL Cup, he scored He he scored a goal, uh, a goal and assist. Uh, I know he's done pretty well in the Champions League as well. Um, but, you know, it's just really... It just hurts. It hurts me because he he comes from Valencia, but man, it's just nice to see that you know Pep trusts him. You know, I think that's the most encouraging sign because like a lot of people did not expect Ferran Torres to really integrate with the team that soon. And I don't know what are your thoughts about him going forward, though, uh, Vince. Yeah, I'm 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 a big fan. He started off really well and was obviously playing more Champions League and more Cup games than he was League games, just as a way to rotate through. And he was playing incredibly well like to be fair i would say city's group probably wasn't as good as their premier league opponents to be honest like it was a pretty it was a pretty <laughs> weak true group. that is true um but you know you can only face who's in front of you he's he's doing well he is he does his app go he's going above his xg by a little bit you know seven and a half xg and 11 goals so far in all comps this season so that's you know that could revert back a little bit but having said that like i'm I didn't really have any expectations of him this season, to be honest. I thought he I remember would just be that. To, yeah, I just thought he would be trying to break into the into the squad. Like it's such a deep squad. Um, you know, interrupted preseason. Um, like I don't know how he's going to fit. Let's just sort of see what happens. Um, and yeah, I've I've been pleasantly surprised, and I think he's he's obviously got quality, and everybody knows that. So um, yeah, I'm happy with I'm happy with him there, and I think he's. He's definitely finding his finding his feet and should be a big player for the squad. I think for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we talked about so many different prospects on, in this podcast. So you know, those are kind of like the main prospects we hit on. But I guess I'll do something re- like it'll be a little bit more fun or a little bit different. So it's, to um, to not have it like get get too far where we name literally every single prospect. Um, yeah. So. You know, in La Liga, we mentioned three players, um, and I wanted to get your your uh, idea. Like, you know, who would you buy, sell, hold? You know, like between those three players, um, Ansu Fati, Kubo, and Vinicius Junior. Okay, so I think it's, I think one might one might be easy, but then let's let's see what's the other two. <laughs> okay, so buy, sell, hold. It yes. was Fati, Vinicius Junior, and Kubo. Was that right? Yes. I would be. I think Fatih's gone down in price since he's injured, so I'd be buying him. Okay. Um, 
I would be. Hmm. Well, selling is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I would be. Oh, shit. I would be selling. Hmm. Yeah, that's tricky. I would, I'd, I'd, to be fair, I'd be holding both of them. Um, however, if <laughs> yeah, I had to, yeah, I was say, there's not the game. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd be holding. I know, I'd be holding both of them. So I just don't want people to listen to this and say like, oh, they said they, they said they said to sell this guy. So <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, this should. is a game, like, guys. All right, so don't yeah, don't, don't please, think this yeah, verbatim. Please, yeah, no, 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 please, yeah, please don't. Um, look, I'd probably sell. Oh shit. Um Kubo, I guess, which is bad because he's I'm um, selling low because he's obviously not getting any game time. Um however, I'd be hold if I was gonna hold one of the others, I'd probably want to be holding Vinny Jr. Interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah. What is what's your thoughts on the same three? Uh, I think we all know we're gonna be buying Fati. Um that, that's not I you know, I had a really me and me and Luigi have this conversation a lot. I think I would actually sell Vinicius Jr. Um, yep. and, and the reason why is just because I could get some money out of it. You know, Kubo, you're not going to get anything. Like, I mean, he's, he's like as, as dirt cheap as it gets, and that's the only reason why I would do it. Um, but, yeah, man, it, it is a tough question. I mean, I'm glad you answered it first, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I just <laughs> I just don't know which one. Like, I'd be, be holding them both just because, like you said, like, you don't want to sell at the absolute bottom. Um, but... Yeah, that's that's the risk you run when you go out on loan to different clubs, isn't it? Like, yeah, you know, he was he had a Kubo was supposed this was supposed to be his breakout year as well, you know. Yeah, if you that's it. Like we talk about all the time, it's there's so much that can happen if you make the wrong transfer or the wrong the wrong loan, um, especially a loan. Um, you know, it can be really tough because if you're a loan player, and if you don't, especially if you're alone without like an option to buy or something like that, if you're just a flat loan. Um, and you're not performing and you're a young player, like, why the fuck would I play you? Like, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I don't give a shit if you develop or not. So why? So I can make Real Madrid an extra 50 million? Fuck that. Like, I want to win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I totally get it. Um, and if he's not performing and you're at a club and they need to win um, and he's not holding his bargain up, like, you can – it's one thing if you're, you know, a – it's it's one thing if you're developing a player, for example, let's use Foden for an example. It's one thing if you're developing Foden so he can be a great Man City player, but why are you going to develop Kubo so he can be a great player for somebody else? Like if he's not performing and if he's not helping you win games right now, then like why should he play? Yeah, that just means he's not good enough right now. I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. So, yeah, man, I, it is definitely. And then you have Vinicius Junior. I mean, you're talking about one of the weakest Real Madrid squads um, mm. ever, and he's not, he's breaking in, but he's not producing results. <laughs> like, like what in the world? You know, um, it it is tough. I mean, I don't want to be negative, Nancy, on this stuff, but yeah, it it is definitely tough to see Vinicius Junior because I believe he's really good. I mean, I honestly, I think Rodrigo is probably a better prospect at this point, um, but. You know, it, it is what it is. But hey, I'm glad. I'm glad you're a good sport about it, uh, Vince. Uh, but let's do one more. We're gonna do one for Bundesliga because yeah. we did one for Bundesliga as well. We named three players. We had Giovanni Reyna. So we're gonna do buy sell hold. Giovanni Reyna was one of the players we talked about. Jude Bellingham and Florian Wirtz. I think this is gonna be tougher. <laughs> oh, okay. Um. Hmm. <laughs> 
Wurtz has a bit of hype around him. Yes, he's been hyped. He's been he's let's let's get that clear. He's been hyped right now. So for that alone, I might put him in the sell category. Oh, okay. Um, not that I would actually say if I if like I'm not actually selling my cards of his. I like all these guys a lot. So um the buzz has gone off Bellingham a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Um so I would be probably holding that. And I like Rainer so much that he just goes straight to the buyer for me. Like Rainer is always buyer for me at this stage. He's really? Just so okay. I thought yeah. you're gonna I thought you're gonna say um buy Jude Bellingham and hold Rainer. That's what I thought. Yeah, you were I was do. I was tossing up between the two, but at the end of the day, like Rainer is still and Bellingham's obviously young too, but Rainer is so young, plays in a more advanced position. So much um, responsibility too, man. It's just crazy. Yeah, age, I can dude. see him just being a really, really good player at, a, at an absolute, absolute top, top club. So that's a really tricky one, though, man. Like they're <laughs> like you're splitting, you're splitting hairs. At that we'll go, stage. we'll go back from this. We'll go back to this in the uh, next few mo- uh, years or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's tricky. They're all three like really top, really top prospects at the moment. I don't think anyone's looking to sell any of those three. Mm-hmm. Um, at this stage, so yeah, what what would you answer for those for those three? Oh, that's tough. Um, you know, Giovanni Reina is super super expensive right now. I think just for like the hype, but I also believe he's going to be probably the best UN Spence national team player we've ever had. Um, even taking account Pulisic, he just Reina. He he has the attitude like he does. He has that give. I don't give a fuck attitude. Like I just love it, man. Like. He, he's so confident as like a teenager. It's just scary, you know? Um, and I love that. I love that. He has like, uh, do you know Clint Dempsey? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He has like Clint Dempsey vibe. So, which, which is, I, I love, I really love. Um, but man, his prices, I don't know. I, I think I would hold Giovanni Reina and I would actually, hmm. I love Florian Wirtz too. I actually would, yeah, I would sell Florian Wirtz and actually buy Jude Bellingham. That's how I would do. Yeah. It's tricky because these are obviously like Yeah, these are three top prospects. So it's it's like I wouldn't really be none. Yeah. Doing anything. Yeah, I'd be yeah. If it was my it's it's if it was my own money, it might be a bit of a different question. But um <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. They're they're three absolute top guys at the moment. But I think Rayner can just have like he can be anything at this stage. He's got dude, he's um, so he, special. And he does have that bit of a Dortmund um like, I don't know, like Dortmund are so attacking and everything kind of goes well for them. So um, they play into their strengths. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes, but he's still just so young. Um, yeah, he's still so young and still so good already. Um, the fact that he's, what is he, 18 years old um, and just turned 18 too, like yeah. he's only young. So um, the fact that he's doing what he has been doing at um, at this age is awesome. And I'm pretty sure... Um, so he's got a Portuguese, yeah, he does. He's got a Portuguese passport as well. So he can, his movement through Europe should be pretty easy as well. Um, so yeah, he's got, he's got the whole world. Um, the, you know, he could be anything, um, just incredibly impressive player. So, um, I think he'll be, like you said, the best U S men's national team player ever. I can probably, I can see that. Um, yeah, I can see that happening. He's another one who's performing, you know, over his XG and things like that. So 
if it was my own money, I don't know if I'd be buying at the moment, but he's still just so good. Yeah. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to think that at his age doing what he's doing, that he's not going to, you know, he might have an, he might have an off season here and there, but um, yeah, no, but that's at the same time, like none of those three guys have finished products by any means. So not yeah, close, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. They're all really, really, promising so that's what makes it even harder i feel like the one with la liga was a little bit easier <laughs> like it was kind of like okay you know what who's the worst of the worst but um but yeah these three are definitely top prospects uh, i mean you look at florian words like florian words is still a teenager as well you know mm. like it's just crazy to see um how, how he's developing um as a player as well so and Jude Bellingham, I mean, he still he just got his driver's license or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's it's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I think with the with the way we're trying to play this game, I think I would buy Jude just because he's a lot cheaper. <laughs> and yeah, I think yeah. and I feel like UK is such an underrated market as well, just because like now I'm starting to see tops starting to take notice about the UK market by actually providing them hobby boxes. So maybe yep. we'll actually see some English hype. And you guys who don't know, you guys think you guys know about American hype. You guys do not know what English hype is all about. I think English hype is even crazier than American hype. Yeah, I think so. Like the amount when the yeah the English love their English players. So, um, <laughs> well, they yeah in a way they also shit on them all the time. But, oh yeah, yeah. It's um, like it's get, either you love, 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 or you're you're, you're hated. <laughs> like, yeah, they're very um yeah they're. There's no they're very passionate. They're very passionate about the players that play for them. So, um, yeah, Wurtz is, Wurtz is interesting though because he's only played, what is it, 18, 18 first team games? Yeah, so, it's like, no, I mean, nothing. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's tricky. Um, but, yeah, I think he's he's incredibly impressive and to be only 17 and doing what he's doing is awesome. But, um, yeah, like we said, it was – he was what, – what was he, the youngest um, – Youngest goal scorer in the Bundesliga for about two weeks. <laughs> yeah, two weeks, uh, and then Mukubu yeah. decided to screw everything up. But it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah six months or something. But yeah, no, I think they're um, the Bundesliga is is so is so awesome. Like I prospect wise, there's so many good young players. Like I was actually talking about this on a um, like a podcast on my feed that's going to go out roughly the same time this goes out. Um, actually, no, we're talking after the pod. We weren't even talking on the pod. Um, that if you were like a a card manufacturer and you had to pick like two leagues to make your own, Ooh. you would like to get your licenses for, you would almost go Bundesliga and Champions League. You know what I mean? Like they're almost the two that you would go. It's like Bundesliga has like most of the hot prospects and Champions League has like the best of everyone. Um, like that's almost who you would go for. So yeah, tops definitely have worked smart in that. Um, in that category, I would say. You know, Tops is really smart. I, I was just thinking about this today. It's funny you're talking about this, is that I really think they're playing it really smart compared to Panini. I think Panini is thinking a lot about the bottom line, which I don't blame them. Because um, what they do with Panini is if you're trying to get like something retail, what they do is if you look at the Euro Select, this is exactly what they did. They looked at the pre-sales and they basically matched it when they dropped it on their own website, you know? Yeah. Um, whereas Tops cares more about getting the boxes out uh, to people. And I think they're really playing a smart move. I really have a feeling they might be trying to, they're really building market share, like trying to take market share with like um, 
and then one day we might actually see tops get EPL back and everything like that. I, I have a feeling like the way they're playing, yeah. the way they're playing the game is super smart. Like they're not really too worried about they're wor- They're more worried about building brand. Like look at match attacks, you know, like, like they're putting so much effort into match attacks right now. It's just like, it's just like there's something that means they're trying to build brand, which means like later on they could go on and buy EPL or, you know, all the other brands are, you know, under Panini. So it's it's just yeah, super I, interesting, dude. It's and they like like because obviously tops are all about the bottom line as well, but in like a bit of a different way. And yes, I think they yes. have they have the tops now that they can milk that cow dry. Exactly, um, look at tops now, right? Like the, getting yeah, those, like, those well, cars into people's hands is what's more important. Yeah, you know? it's like like yeah, Makoku is like youngest player to take a shit boss at the Bundesliga. Hey. Tops now released this week. <laughs> Like you know what I mean? He had he had chicken for dinner last night. Let's That's right. Top, let's pump out of tops now. I want it. Um, yeah, exactly. Print run like thirty thousand. Um, <laughs> but he's but they're like with everything else. I think they're awesome. And I think you know if if people are interested in buying the tops now and getting those instant cards, um, I you know all power to them. Like they're still going to have. I think there's a market for that as well. Um, but yeah, I really love the way tops go about it at the moment. Um, big fan of big fan of their products as well. And I've got a, a, a set of those, um, like match attacks, chromes. Oh, do should you be, actually, they should be in the post coming at some stage. Let's go. Um, they're coming to, they're coming to Australia. So like, fuck knows when they're going to come, but, <laughs> um, like they could be, yeah, we could be looking at next season. Like it could be vintage <laughs> by the time I get here. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. You might as well, <laughs> you should have just sent them straight to PWCC to be honest. Yeah. I, I almost should have. I almost should have. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, but anyways, Vince, it, it was a pleasure to have you back on the show, man. Um, you know, you're doing a lot of great things to the soccer card uh, community. You, you know, your name gets mentioned a lot, quite a bit now, uh, when it comes to like, you know, for people to learn about different prospects, how to collect and cards. Uh, but you want to plug anything that you don't, you want to talk about like anything else? Yeah, just, um, just go to soccercardsrock.com. That should take you there. Um, also like a massive thanks to you guys as well. Cause I'd, I'd only had about two episodes under my, um, I don't even know what you would call it. I only had about two episodes on the feed or, you know, even less maybe when I emailed you, um, you know, asking to come on and have a chat and you guys were awesome enough to have me on. And we started from there and I think you guys sharing and, um, really taking an interest has like played a huge part in, in the growth my channel's had so far. So yeah, really appreciative of that. And like a massive thank you. It's, it's been awesome. Sweet, man. Thank, you know, thank you, man. Cause you, you're the one that's putting out the great content. So, um, that's, that's what matters. But yeah. Um, anyway, guys, make sure to follow Vince at soccer card rocks. De- definitely check out his newsletter. Um, we're signed up too. So, you know, we get to read some of the stuff that you put out there. You talk a lot about advanced statistics, you know, little different stats that people don't really dive into, you know, and it helps you to become a little bit more smarter when it comes to collecting and investing in soccer cards. So with that being said, guys, thank you so much. Talk to you guys soon.